All right. It's been a while since we did one of these. Yeah. Um, a couple to... of months, right? Yeah. It's been a few months. I mean, I've been doling them out slowly on um, on podcasts, um, on Spreaker. So they go out to like um, Spotify and Apple Podcast. So they've still been the thing. Sorry, I got crap in my eye. Um, welcome to King of Our Nightmares, episode four, Rage, by Richard Bachman, a.k.a. Stephen King, or Amok, Amok. 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 What does that mean? Well, it basically means rage. Because, so, so if you're not familiar, welcome to this podcast, um, I'm Jeremy, this is Noah, and we do a podcast about Stephen King books and how in Germany the titles get butchered. <laughs> Most of the time, yeah. Is this one not the case? I mean, it's kind of accurate. It basically means like, you know, going postal, going insane, oh, killing, king, killing people happen. in a murder spree. So it's accurate at least. Yeah. So... We before we get into this book, we need to explain the whole Richard Bachman pseudonym name. Right. Um, Stephen King had a bunch of ideas, and it back in the day they wouldn't let him release them all at once. So they thought his name would be get like too worn out. So he came up with Richard Bachman, and Richard Bachman books are typically more unpleasant. Typically, um, I was always told evil wins, but that's not always the case. Um, but a bunch of his fans, according to him, a bunch of his fans would write to him and be like, this Richard Bachman guy is a complete ripoff of you. It would send him all this mail, like, complaining about Bachman. But the first of these Bachman books that was published was called Rage which is about, his name's Charlie Decker, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Our, our main character loses his mind, and he decides to shoot his algebra teacher and take the class hostage and tell them about his life. And sort of get under all of their skin for reasons. It's weird. It's a really bizarre book. It's really bizarre coming off of The Shining to this because it's more grounded in reality, for one thing. But it's not because it's told from Charlie's perspective, which leads to one of the, I think the biggest complaint I have with the book is the, the kids talking. And when I say kids, they're high school kids. Um, it doesn't even feel like 70s slang. Nope. But you can forgive that because Charlie's crazy and he's a weird outcast. So it's Charlie's perspective on this. And he's lost his mind. Um, they talk about Charlie. Uh, he talks about his childhood and how his father threw him on the ground really hard. It's just awful to him. 
um, his love for his mother, which is kind of has an Oedipus complex, kind of a little bit. Like a lot of things are brought up in Rage. This was another problem with Rage is it's really too short, but it also feels too long. So certain things about Charlie's uh, psyche are really brushed over. Like yeah, because yeah, because that's the thing with the story structure we have here. Mm-hmm. The plot itself with him like taking his class hostage, that's like four hours like in story. Yes. But sprinkled throughout at different points are just those pretty random flashbacks. Yes, on top of him getting kids in his algebra class to tell stuff about them. Right. Like one girl talks about her sexual experiences and how she likes to pick up random men and have and be fucked by them in the back of a car. Uh, another one talks about how his mom's just a shitty pencil pusher and murdered a kitten because it would be too much money to take care of it. Um, and all around this, we have a character whose name is escaping me right now, who's like the popular guy. Ted Jones. I Ted think. Jones, who at this time, and it dawned on me near the end of this book, he would be the protagonist if this was an orthodox book for the time. Because mm-hmm. he's like the perfect like high school like popular kid, athlete sort of thing. But he has issues. And by the end of this book, it's just bizarre what happens with them. And this book yeah. is really, really peculiar. This is the only Stephen King book that he that is not in publication anymore. And we should talk about that briefly. Um, one of the many school shootings that's unfortunately happened in America, they opened up one of the shooter's lockers, and found a copy of Rage in there. Stephen King felt awful about this and yet it pulled from publication yeah and actually i think it was not just this one case i think it's happened it happened like two or three times but i think in the previous two cases the this the shooters didn't kill anyone so it wasn't as big of a deal mm-hmm. but yeah but when it got like serious like that he was like okay this is enough we have to do something so i think it was in the year 2000 where he said, okay, no reprints anymore. Mm-hmm. Which means it's really hard to find in America. Yeah. The German oh. copy is pretty easy to get, at least. Yeah. Uh, you can find paperbacks semi-regularly. But to my knowledge, this is the only hardcover printing. Is I think called so. the, the four early Bachman books, which has Long Walk, Roadwork, and The Running Man in there. So uh, if you can get your hands on that for under 50 bucks, it's a good deal. I think I got mine for 40. Um, Although the print, I will say the print is really small in that book. So if you have eyesight problems, you may need a magnifying glass. Um, But this book's just bizarre. It's It's really... So I I like it, but I don't like it, if that makes sense to you, Noah. Yeah, I get it. Because it is interesting in a lot of ways. Like mm-hmm. you said, 
with Ted Jones, we have this like he would be the typical typical protagonist, but mm -hmm. King, aka Buckman, takes a different approach, which is you know something nice. Mm -hmm. I think the problem it might be because of real life getting into it, because Charlie Decker as the character, the school shooter here, kind of gets like glorified. In yeah, it it's an interesting look at Stockholm syndrome, especially when you get about halfway through the book and the most of the class starts to like follow Charlie. That he makes them, he makes a mob out of them basically, and they start to sympathize with him to an extent. Hmm. Um, which is it's just weird. Um, yeah. It's inner that that part's probably the most interesting. But when it for me, what takes me out of the book is when the kids are talking. Because they're they're slang. It's not even really correct for the 70s. And just the female characters in general here? Oh kind of... yeah. They're kind of mm -hmm. all over the place. Which is weird because you know, Carrie, I would say, is pretty good in that regard. Yes. Like, not perfect, but pretty good. And here, which this book was written around the same time as Carrie, which you can tell because it has, like, basic similarities with, like, these young outsider characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this feels like a prototype for Carrie. Yeah, I, I wonder which got written first. I would say Rage got written first and shelved. Probably. Um, because he did that. Because, I mean, he talks about in the, the foreword to Carrie that he wrote Graveyard Shift before Carrie. And that, that won't even be published. And Well, I mean, it was published in a magazine, but it was it wouldn't be published in a book format until Night Shift. Right, because I think he confirmed his first novel that he had ever written when he was like 18 was The Long Walk. Hmm. Yeah, so, he, he, I mean, he still does that. Like, he pulled, I mean, Gwendy's, an unfinished Gwendy's button box or whatever. Yeah, that's classic. First one with Richard Chisma is an unfinished work of his. Um, Blaze was another one that came out a few years ago. Another and Richard Bachman. Yeah, it's a Richard Bachman. It's from this era. He just would write things, and then he'd say they go bust. And sometimes he'd throw them out. Sometimes he didn't. And sometimes Thankfully, he just lost them. Yeah. Like the Dark Tower. Or Under the Dome. A.K.A. Oh, the Cannibals. <laughs> I forget that Under the Dome, that monstrosity was written so long ago i don't know under the dome's bizarre um but yeah with with bachman it's just it's so it's hit or miss for me with with the bachman stuff sometimes like running man running man was my first experience with bachman and that's pretty good and i also like thinner quite a bit but this is just I get I like the premise of it. I wish there was more of it. I would I wish that we had like 
more time to explain things, but I wanted to bring something up to you, Noah. Okay. There's a there are a couple letters at the end of this book. And one of them is from his Charlie's friend, which I was beginning to think wasn't actually a person and that he was made up, but he's not. And he talks a lot like Charlie. I would have loved a sequel with him as the main character trying to break Charlie out, which should we get into spoilers? Yeah, let, let's do it. Okay. So Charlie gets, can we talk about Charlie getting shot? Yes. So Charlie, they set up this like sort of blockade. Like they, they get the police, they get like the Rangers out, like they get all these people and that they are talking to Charlie through the megaphone in the class, which I forgot was even a thing in in schools because they got phased out probably when I was in middle school, about seventh grade. They stopped doing that and they started being more um, electronic and like using the computer for that. But uh, they, they, they're talking through that. And before this, Charlie went through his like locker and like he put his padlock because he's getting expelled basically because he beat a teacher with a pipe wrench like almost was it a pipe wrench it was a wrench okay (laughs) it was something why would you be carrying that around no it was a i think it was a socket wrench anyway he beat the this teacher up for making him go to the board and the teacher mildly ridiculed him and then he just snapped he beat this teacher up he got suspended then he and his dad got in a fight which is like one of the best parts of the book Mm -hmm. they just just fucking brawl that's a that's a good part but once he's taken this the the algebra class hostage and he shot two teachers so a sniper shoots him right where the padlock is in the pocket of his shirt. Right in the chest. Right in the chest. And for some reason, the padlock stopped the bullet entirely, which I don't think is possible. Yeah. I think it would go partly in. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a ballistics es- expert. Um, mm-hmm. But so... This is such a rambly podcast. This is what happens. Yeah, when yeah. We but during all of this, there was also my favorite scene of the book, mm. which is when Charlie is talking to like this psychologist guy from the school, you know, over the speaker. Oh yeah, yeah. And he's the... Just this part was just awesome. I, I let you explain what he does. Oh god! So he just he basically plays twenty-one questions with him. It is rambly nonsense. And it is unsettling. It's uncomfortable. He's like threatening to shoot people, shoot kids if he doesn't get the answers he wants. Yeah, and he's just trying to like destroy this psychologist like concept. Like he's going in this, he's in control, and he thinks he knows how this is going down. 
-hmm. And Charlie just tries to, you know, basically fuck him over. And he asks questions that don't make any sense. Yeah, like about his wife, about Vietnam, about... Like, just... And, and, they and, and then he tricks him with some religious questions. Oh, yeah, that... I remember I read that. I had to set the book down at pace. It was so much. That, that is probably... That's one of the better scenes in this book. Definitely just, a highlight. Oh, yeah. Um... It was so um, along with the lawn didn't fuck around. Let me let me read, let me read the beginning of this book because I had to read it to my girlfriend because I thought it was the funniest fucking thing. It was the funniest fucking thing. Quote Jeremy about a school shooting novel. <laughs> <laughs> the lawn at Placerville High School is a a very good one. It does not fuck around. It comes right up to the building and says, Howdy. What does that mean? What does that... How, that's how you start a book right there. This it's is the first awesome. paragraph of the first chapter. What the fuck? But, like... Can we talk about the fucking nose thing? Sure. His weird fear that his mom's going to get her nose slashed with a knife if he if she cheats on his dad. Oh yeah, that was one of the flashbacks. Yeah, that's like, the first young flashback. Charlie. Yeah, young young Charlie was camping with his dad and his dad's friends, and they were, they were on a like, hunting trip. Yeah, hunting, and they were like drunk around the campfire, mm -hmm. and. I don't know, was he showing off like a knife? He was talking about uh, what he would do to Charlie's mom if she cheated on him. Mm -hmm. Ow, Jesus. Yeah, and, and young Charlie had to piss, so he was awake and he listened to all of it. And it freaked him out. And it made him hate his dad. With that, and he threw a bunch of rocks through the, the storm... The storm blind things and like broke windows his dad threw them on the ground hmm. so yeah that's it's interesting to see as we go through his flashbacks because they're intercut with other people talking about things the state of his mother she just kind of starts losing her mind and is just on drugs constantly just constantly sedated because she's just can't deal with Charlie being psychotic, especially after he beats up the teacher. Mm -hmm. um, you, you get, it's just, it's sad. And Charlie's dad blames Charlie. Charlie blames his dad. And it's just like, uh, you two have major fucking issues. You've ruined this poor woman. Um, I, so Stephen King does this thing. He did it in Salem's Lot, too, where he'll say that a bunch of people descend on someone, and then the chapter ends. You don't know what they did to them. They do that to poor Ted. Yeah, when the lights go out. The lights go out. Which makes him go into a mental hospital. 
it makes him like catatonic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's the scene I didn't really like. It's this weird. So basically, the whole classroom, it's like they are all on Charlie's side by the end of it, mm -hmm. except for Ted, Ted Jones, who is like probably like most people. Like he recognizes Charlie, he's insane and dangerous. And Charlie makes it a point from the very beginning to single him out. Um, as like, there are things wrong with him, which is a weird commentary like thing that I think is not really well flushed out, mm -hmm. but has the potential to be good. It's like Charlie's point is that we're not perfect and we all have issues. Like that's the point of rage, I think. And Ted's this perfect person and he makes him snap. And it's interesting. It's like the breakfast club but with the school shooter. Put, put not it as on the cover. I'd rather read Rage than watch The Breakfast Club. I hate that movie. It's terrible and overrated. Yeah, but but I think that's a good point. This book, it's very good in concept and it has good scenes. I think what might bring it down, it might be because King wrote this when he was still very young. Yes. Like I think he wasn't like ready to tackle a story like this, like he would be today. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it would be very much longer if you wrote it today. I don't think it'd be good today. Yeah, obviously, because it would lack like the angry energy mm -hmm. you get from this. Like, this really does feel like it was written by a 17 year old edgelord. Yeah, who's just, just a broken person who's lost his mind. Yeah, which is both the biggest positive and negative of this yeah. novel. Yeah. I still would like this. He will never do this because he won't. I don't think he'll ever touch characters from this book. Put them in other things. But I would love to see Ch Charlie show up in something else. He shows up in the Dark Tower. I wouldn't be surprised. Roland yeah. ends up shooting him. <laughs> they have a shootout. Oh, that would be ironic. But yeah, I think, I was thinking, is this the only King book with no connections? But no, there no are connections? some. connections? To the tower? Just to anything, really. Between books. I know one is in here. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think, I don't think Rage is connected to really anything. Are you looking yes, it is. I just looked it up because I only knew of one. Okay, there's a character called Piggy in here. Yes. He's the one who talks about his mother being, you know. And there's also a character called Piggy in the short story. I think it's called Cain Rose Up, which is also about like a college student going on a killing spree. It's, I think it's in the Skeleton Crew short story oh, okay. collection. Yeah, it's basically kind of the same-ish premise in a way the same angry tone and everything about school shootings yeah and there's this the same character basically and the city of harlow is mentioned for the first time in here 
Oh. Yeah, which is one of the many, like, fictional towns that King came up with in Maine. Yes. Um, I will say Pigpen is the character's name. That's what the, at least they call it in the uh, the English version. Yeah, I was wrong. It's a, he's alluded to either killing himself or doing something really bad, and it's redacted out in um, his and uh, Charlie's friend's letter. Yeah, I was just looking it up. That's, yeah, right. So, yeah, that's, that's possible. But, yeah, I would have... I would love a, a sequel to Rage. From a now Stephen King, where it, it'd just be a completely different book. It would have to be a different book. Yeah, especially with all the real-life stuff that has happened since then. Yeah. Also, some talisman hopping. Would be nice just because these people are crazy <laughs> he's written weirder yeah. regulators oh regulators is great <laughs> that's like your favorite book ever oh yeah it's awesome yeah but i think i think the last time he like mentioned rage in one of his own like written stuff he wrote like an essay called guns where he talks about like the US and weapons and all this stuff. And I think he goes into detail why he decided to pull this book from the shelves, basically. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Uh, do you recommend this book? I don't know, because basically I would say Buckman is like the better king. Because okay. I would say some I would say most of the time, because I really enjoy all of the Batman books, except this. With King, it's obviously more 50-50 just because under his own name, he has like 60 books. So Yeah. But yeah, this um, is... As the first Batman novel, I don't know if this is a good start. No. I think I The Long Walk is probably a better first read for the, you know... Running Man is a better first read if you're getting yeah, into Batman. Um, or Thinner. Or regulators. Or, re <laughs> or Blaze. Yeah, just read Desperation and Regulators. You'll get a feel for Stephen King. Yeah. A good double feature. Yeah. It's so, so weird. But, I, but yeah. I don't know with Rage, really, if in terms of recommending it. I, I think Stephen King fans should read Rage if you want... A Stephen King story from his early days that is off the beaten path. Yeah. Because this is like the first Stephen King book that we've that we've done on this podcast in the publication order that's not a huge hit. Oh yeah, it was like it didn't sell that well, which was also kind of King's point. Mm -hmm. Because he only wanted these Bagman books to be like, you know, these little things you would see at like the gas station. And he just wanted to see if if it was his name that's selling the books, you know, after he had the hits with Carrie Salem's Lot and Shining, or if it was the writing. And he didn't get an answer, really, because it came out very early that he was Bagman. 
Yeah, probably after road work. Um, I think it was because of Finna. There was I remember the story. One fan of both Bagman and King already felt like the style was similar, and he looked in like the copyright of Finna. And they actually they actually said Stephen King instead of Richard Bachman. That was like a mistake. So he called King and King then was like, oh shit. Done. It's out. Mm-hmm. So they confirmed it. Because Thinner is a bigger release than I, any of these previous Bachman books. Um, because then they came out with this. This was the response to that. They did this book club edition of the the previous four Bachman books. Which, if you can find this, this is a good one to have. Because most of those in America were never released in hardcover, so that's your best bet. Although these get these are getting pricey. Sorry, people. That's just how it is. Yeah, and it's a shame he's not allowing like a re-release. I mean, I understand the reason, but it's just a shame for like collectors of his stuff and the people who want to experience it. Yeah. It used to be easier to find this. I remember seeing Rage quite a bit in used bookstores when I was a kid. Being like, that's a title. And then never buying it. <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad I read it. Um, as, yeah. as semi-seasoned Stephen King reader, I do appreciate it. But don't start with Rage. No. If you want like a story written by young King about like these younger characters and their, you know, their minds, their psychology, read the long walk. And if you want a story about someone, you know, going crazy, read road work. Mm-hmm. I think both of those books, they, they do what this book tries to do, but better in a way. Yeah, for sure. All right. Any, any more closing thoughts? Not really. This it's a, a decent book. enough book. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's just a really short book. There's not a lot to talk about without talking about every single thing that happens, which we we even tackled the uh, the sex story. Oh, we, we yeah, we shouldn't tackle it. But yeah, it's, no. it's ironic. This book it's is ironic. So short. It's, it's sad. <laughs> it's so pathetic. <laughs> There's a lot of things that happen in this book that you're just like. Yeah, and you're like, oh, it's Charlie Decker. It's, of course, going to go bad. Mm -hmm. But anyway, join us in like 10 minutes. We're going to go jump on the first episode of Walking Without Rhythm, a Dune podcast. Until then, have a good one. Goodbye.